Hey folks, Ryan Kennedy here. Welcome back to the show. I recently recorded an episode covering some of the most potent strategies for dialing in your morning routine to really set you up for success and crush your day. And I got so many kind messages from listeners who just said they received a ton of value and insight from that episode. And one of the common questions uh, I got asked last week was regarding the other end of the day. You know, our evening routines, how we can prepare for a good night's sleep and set ourselves up for success in the next day for the next morning and feeling good and rejuvenated. So today's episode, I'm going to be covering just that. The strategies, the practices, the protocols I use and recommend in my functional medicine practice to help people wind down, you know, de-stress, decompress, and really prepare your mind and body for an epic night of sleep. And the truth is, you know, I used to find it really challenging myself to unwind and I'd spend hours watching TV until late into the night. And I'm sure many of you can relate to this. So several years back, I began integrating several practices into my evening routine that have been a complete game changer in helping to unwind and and fall asleep faster, improve sleep quality, which I'm gonna touch on a bit, and also wake up feeling refreshed and energized and just ready to get after the day. So I really believe winning the morning really starts the night before. Setting yourself up for success by getting ample good quality rest. It is hard to crush your morning and and the rest of your day for that matter if you're sleep deprived, if you're feeling fatigued and drowsy and out of it, you know, our brain function really decreases, our energy levels take a hit. So I just think that sleep is one of the most foundational elements to our health. And there's going to be a future podcast dedicated to the topic of sleep entirely. But we really need to implement the right practices before bed to in, to really enable our bodies and to really put us in a position to get good quality sleep. A lot of people are getting junk sleep, you know, just like junk food. You can go to bed and get this half-assed sleep where you're in light sleep and you're waking up, you know, every few hours and tossing and turning. And, you know, even though you may have spent eight or nine hours in bed, you may wake up and feel totally drained. And so the practices I'm covering in today's episode are going to really shed some insight on how you can take your sleep quality to the next level. And just a quick note, I've been referencing the morning routine episode I recorded. That was episode number three. So be sure to go check that out because it's going to couple really well with this evening routine episode because I just think that sandwiching your day, you know, a lot of times, a lot of stuff during our day is a little bit outside of our control. You know, we get projects thrown at us, you know, work stress, family stuff, all sorts of obligations. You know, we're kind of moving and grooving, getting as much as we can done. But we do have so much control over that first 30 minutes of the day before we have to be at work, before we have to show up for the world, and also at the end of the day. You know, so we really need to sandwich our days by prioritizing these integral practices so that we can feel and perform our best and really have a good outlook in terms of whatever cut loose during the day, I won the morning and I'm nailing the evening, so I'm gonna be all good. And I, so, so quick story, I was talking to a patient the other day who has changed up his morning and evening routines and. As a result, he's completely transformed his sleep quality. You know, he's like, Ryan, I haven't slept this good since I was a teenager. And this gentleman is in his 60s. And he was comparing a good night of sleep to performance-enhancing drugs with only beneficial side effects, which I got to say, I 100% agree with. You know, and I can talk all day about sleep, but like I said, there's going to be an episode coming soon in the next week or two specifically on sleep and how to create the ultimate sleep environment for optimal rest. But the foundation of a good night's sleep are having a great day in your morning routine and your evening routines. That's how we set ourselves up for success with our sleep. 
If you don't dial these things in and you just go to bed and try and sleep well, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. So that poses the question, what can you do before bed if you want to take your sleep, your recovery, and your performance to the next level? So I'm going to be diving in right now to some of the best practices I've found. And these are not the only practices, but these are some that I think are a great place to start for most folks. And please keep in mind, you don't have to integrate all of these, and please don't overwhelm yourself by trying to do everything at once. You know, integrate the following practices at your own pace. It's not a race. Find a system that's sustainable and realistic for you. You know, I teach all my students and patients, good health is not about achieving perfection, but rather pursuing the right direction. And it's true. You don't have to be perfect. As long as you're making simple tweaks, simple changes day in and day out, that's going to compound to amazing results over the course of time. So on to the good stuff. First thing on this list of optimal sleep or optimal evening routines rather is journaling. I love to journal about an hour before bed. This really gives you the time to jot down any to-dos or any work-related items that we have to do the next day that tend to occupy our mental space and leave our minds racing into the evenings. So simply writing these things out gives us this mental freedom to not be so focused on what I call mental notes, like what we have to do the next day, what we have to get done that week, or what we forgot to do today. And it allows us to just free up that space so we can begin to wind down mentally and get into a deeper state of relaxation without you know, the, the monkey mind going a million miles an hour as we lay down in bed. You know, and one thing I also uh, would note and couple with the journaling of writing down any to-dos, anything related to stuff you have to do the next day or that week is write down some daily reflection. The other thing that often leaves our mind racing when you go to shut your eyes and fall asleep is what you could have done better that day. Like, oh man, I wish I said this or that during my conversation with so-and-so. Or, oh man, I completely forgot to do X, Y, and Z. Or I wish I didn't skip my workout or eat loud, whatever it might be. In other words, we're, we're all our own greatest critic. And what better time to criticize ourselves and beat ourselves up than when we don't have any external distractions, aka when we're laying down in bed at night trying to fall asleep. You know, many folks numb these thoughts by distracting themselves with TV, social media, work, music, podcasts, conversations, whatever it might be. You know, we tend to really distract ourselves very effectively, but the average person spends very little time with their own thoughts. Unless they have, you know, a focused meditation practice or a mindfulness practice, most of us are just constantly bombarding ourselves with external stimuli and the time that we actually have in our own head when we go to fall asleep is when all these thoughts come racing up because they, you know, we've been basically suppressing them throughout the rest of the day. So writing that shit down of what went well that day, focusing on the good, you know, the positive, where you can improve and what you want to work on to get better. Uh, this will all free up some mental space and get those thoughts out of your head and down on paper. So we got the journaling to jot down any mental notes and need to do's. So we got the journaling to reflect on our day, areas we did well on, areas we need to improve on. Now the third leg of a good journaling practice is gratitude. I'm a huge advocate of gratitude journaling and really reflecting on all the wonderful blessings that we tend to take for granted. You know, something as simple as writing down three to five things we're grateful for is one of the most powerful ways to shift into a more positive, uplifted headspace. And this is one of the best ways to ease anxiety, frustration, and just open up more space for love and happiness in your life. So in addition to journaling, we got the, the mental notes, the reflection of your day, 
and then the gratitude. And always end with the gratitude because that puts you into such a great headspace going into a night of sleep. Next up after journaling, one of my other favorite activities in the evenings is to do some light stretching coupled with deep nasal breathing. Now, this opens up pathways in the body that drops us into a parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system state. We start to lower blood pressure, we start to lower resting heart rate, and we start to really relax the body physically and relax the mind. And I'm not talking about like an hour long yoga class, folks. No need to do your warrior three with weights. You know, this is not designed to get your heart rate up or to be super intense on like your core conditioning. I'm talking about like floor stretches, just opening up the back, opening up the hamstrings, the hip flexors, you know, all these muscle groups that get so tight during our day and just doing relaxing stretches on the floor and coupling that with deep nasal breathing. We are taking a five second inhale through the nose into your belly and then a slow 10 second exhale. By doubling the length of exhale versus inhale, you're really going to start to relax that nervous system and by coupling that with deep stretching, you're going to just it works wonders. I mean, this one-two punch combo is one of my favorites and you get the added benefit of improved flexibility, mobility, you know, improving any type of pain you might have or aches and, you know, kind of tightness. It's all going to really work physically well, but also prepare you for a wonderful night of sleep. A couple other things I really like to do in the evenings, going for a walk and, you know, listening to a podcast or an audiobook, and really focusing on nasal breathing only during the walk. Now, you don't have to do the super slow, prolonged nasal breathing I talked about with the stretches, but just not breathing through your mouth. You know, I'm going to do a whole podcast on breathing because it's one of the most important things when our day to day that we can focus on to improve our stress, uh, stress management and just improve our overall physiology. But going for a walk in the, especially if it's cool in the evenings, kind of cooling down the body temp a little bit with a nice uh, walk in the brisk evening air is going to be fantastic. And then I personally love to do a sauna session coupled with a cold shower. I know not everyone has access to a sauna, but if you do, this is an excellent way because after we heat our body up and then we finish with the cold, it drops our core temp and really prepares us for a good night of sleep. Plus you get the plethora of benefits from using the sauna. Everything from detoxification to cardiovascular health to immune system uh, support to you know horm hormone balancing to fat burning. You know the, I could go on and on about the benefits of sauna, but that's a great way. And I'll, I'll couple these practices together, which I'm going to get to in a second. but. Ultimately, you don't have to do these things one at a time. You could do your deep stretching and deep nasal breathing in the sauna while also doing some journaling in the sauna. And over the course of like a 20, 25 minute sauna session, you've, you know, kind of killed three birds with one stone. So that's one of my favorite things to do. And that's personally what I, what I like to stack together that I find works great. But even if you don't have a sauna, don't sweat it. You could still do your journaling. You could still do your, your stretching. You can still go for your walk. All that stuff is still going to be great. So those are kind of like some of the foundational evening routine stuff that I really like and enjoying a cup of non-caffeinated herbal tea, like a chamomile tea or a valerian root tea that's calming to the body can also really support sleep quality and really help you when it comes to, you know, winding down and just sipping on a nice cup of herbal tea as you do your journaling practice. Uh, and then all of these things I covered, it's really important that you always do these with low lighting, and or blue light blocking glasses. You know, this is gonna massively help to protect your circadian rhythm. All these artificial drunk lights, the overhead, fluorescence or LEDs, our screen devices, all these things are blasting us with blue light. And blue light gets villainized, but it's actually essential. We want blue light during the morning, during the day. That's what tells our body that it's daytime. That's what 
suppresses melatonin. So we have energy throughout the day, but we don't want high spectrum of blue light before bed. You know, a couple hours leading up to your ideal bedtime, you do want to minimize blue light. So there's different apps you could use. There's different settings on your phone and your computer that you can use to really decrease the blue light emitted by your devices. But I really think it's important to also pop on a pair of blue light blocking glasses, these orange or amber tinted glasses. You could pick up a cheap, funky looking pair for like 10 bucks on Amazon, or you could buy, you know, one of the more expensive uh, pairs that are definitely look better. But if you're on a low budget, you could totally get away with one of the cheap uh, pairs. And I used to wear those. They look like safety goggles. They're kind of funky, but I mean, come on, you're winding down at night before bed. It's not a fashion show, folks. You're looking to protect your sleep, your circadian rhythm, your energy, your performance, your health. And it's also going to really serve, serve in the long run in protecting the health of your eyes. You know, I think macular degeneration is going to be an epidemic in the near, in the, in the coming years due to all of our exposure to all these artificial junk lights. Uh, so that's going to be a really good factor to couple with the journaling, with the stretching, with the, you know, walk or the sauna or, you know, any of that stuff is having blue light blocking glasses on. And if, you know, you have the ability to put dim lights or, you know, red, uh, red bulbs into some of your spaces at your house, that's even better. Uh, and then as you get into bed, you know, these practices are really helping you to prepare for bed. But as you get into bed, there's really two things I think are appropriate in bed. One is intimate time with your partner. You know, this is when you really want to connect and have this deep intimacy, this deep love, you know, whatever that looks like for you. And if you don't have a partner, don't sweat it. You know, but if you have a partner, this is perfect time to really have a deep sexual practice. You know, that's one of the most integral aspects to being a human. So I'm going to talk about this again in another in another episode. I don't want to go down too deep of a rabbit hole, but intimate time with your partner is really helpful in bed. And then the other thing I would do in bed uh, is reading, reading a physical book. You know, having your eyes go across the page of a physical book really helps us to fall asleep. Uh, just using a dim book light again with your blue light blocking glasses. And, you know, don't pick a book that's like super, uh, like a page turner, super intriguing, because then you might stay up late, you know, reading for an hour or two. But if you pick a book that's a little more dry, maybe, a, you know, a fiction story that, you know, is not going to leave you feeling too, too intrigued as far as what's going to happen, uh, that's a great way to drift into a good night of sleep. So those two things. Outside of that, you really shouldn't do anything in your bedroom but sleep. You know, no TV in the bedroom, no phones in the bedroom. That's going to be super helpful. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing, folks, how good, how good evening routine can really help to calm your brain and nervous system, enabling you to turn off that racing mind and get deep quality sleep, deep quality sleep. And I'm going to talk about like O-Ring and the Whoop and sleep trackers and how you can actually know these things are working. But subjectively is what matters most. Objective data is great, and I love to use these devices, but really, if you feel better, if you feel more awake when you arise in the morning, if you feel more alert and energized throughout the morning and the day, that's what counts. You know, and then also just realizing like, hey, I used to wake up three or four times throughout the night and toss and turn, that doesn't happen anymore. Or hey, it used to take me 45 minutes to fall asleep after I shut my eyes at night, now it takes me 10. You know, and these types of things are really the best metrics to use when you're analyzing what type of benefits you're receiving from these practices. And understand they're also really cumulative. You know, over the course of time, they're going to compound these benefits. So there's a lot of potential for, you know, you may not see benefits day one, although you might, uh, but understand over the course of a few days, a few weeks, a few months of doing these practices, and it's not like it's hard, so it doesn't cost any money. 
but just that's going to really pay dividends down the line for your sleep, for your health, for your overall performance the next day, and your quality of life. Just feeling good. So I'm just going to kind of wrap up by covering a few things uh, you should avoid. You should definitely steer clear of late into the evenings. So one of the issues people run into in our technology-focused society is the constant bombardment of stimulus. So, so many folks are staying up late into the night watching Netflix, working on their computers, scrolling through social media on their phones, and you really cross into dangerous territory when you're watching TV and using your phone in bed. This is a huge violation of your sacred sleep sanctuary. And, and more on creating the perfect sleep environment coming soon in another episode, but the truth is, like I said prior, your bedroom should be used for really two things, sleep and sex, with an optional third of reading a physical book. Ideally not reading on an iPad, not reading on your phone, but reading a physical book. Uh, bringing a TV into the bedroom and bringing your phone into the bedroom or working on your computer in bed, these are all huge, huge issues that have deleterious effects from the lighting stuff I talked about from a circadian rhythm standpoint, from the inflammatory effects of the non-native EMFs, the wireless frequencies these devices emit, but also the mental stimulation. You know, it plays a large role in how they can disturb your sleep because they may seem relaxing because they're taking your mind off other things, but in reality, they're doing the opposite to your biology. And I can speak firsthand. I used to stay up late trying to get work done, but I came to the realization that I'm overall less productive on those late night work sessions or study sessions, and it only decreased my output because I was getting poor quality sleep, I was suffering from low energy the next day, and it just created this downward spiral since I would perform suboptimally the next day, which leads to a lack of focus and fatigue and brain fog. And as a result, I'm, I'm not getting as much work done during the day, which causes you, know, it causes you to feel like you need to stay up late again, working to finish your task. And this negative process, this negative cycle repeats itself day after day, week after week, and your performance and productivity go down, even though you're trying to work hard. So it's about working smarter, not just harder. And TV, social media, video games, working on your computer, they all activate the sympathetic nervous system response, this fight or flight response. And they trigger the HPA axis to release cortisol and adrenaline. And this is the opposite of what we wanna do before bed. We really wanna be shifting our body into parasympathetic mode, keeping cortisol and adrenaline low, which is gonna enable us to fall asleep and enable us to release more melatonin. And that's gonna aid in just this high quality restorative sleep. So sleep, sex, journaling, reading a physical book, these are the only things I suggest late night in your bedroom. Now, if you stay consistent with these post-bed activities, these evening routine practices, it'll help to build an association and you'll begin to mentally anchor these habits into your brain and it'll trigger this conditioned response when you're going to bed. And this is going to make it exponentially easier to sustain. So it's going to take some discipline and some thought, some conscious effort for the first week or so but I promise you it'll become second nature over time. And I talk about this concept of habit formation and how it really creates this snowball of positive effects when you start to implement these practices consistently. And not only will you be able to fall asleep faster and get more rejuvenating restorative sleep, but it's just gonna impact your health in a multitude of ways. So that's a wrap folks. I appreciate you listening in. I would love for you to send me a message on Instagram at Ryan C. Kennedy or send me an email RyanKennedyHealth at Gmail with any feedback or questions about the material I covered in this evening routine episode. Have a healthy week, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, 
Please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can find the show notes and resources we discussed at ryankennedyshow.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Much love, everyone.